Jesus now started talking to them, bringing the interpretation of the parable. And he said, we're reading. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it, not. Then cometh the wicked one, I'm reading from King James, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. 20. But he that received the seed into a stony place, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receive it. Yet had he not root in himself, but dureth forever, oh, sorry, dureth for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arrived, because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among tongues is he that heareth the, the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into good ground, he is, or is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit. And bring forth some, and hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Amen. I'll be talking briefly on what I tied to productivity, or in another word, yeah, productivity. Here we see Jesus talking about bringing explanation of the parable that he he he, he said from the beginning of the chapter. And he was explaining the soil, the earth that we see, the seed. And when we look at this scripture from the words, we'll look at it like Jesus is talking about a kind of farming kind of thing. But I want us to understand something here because if we don't understand, we'll not be able to, to be blessed from this scripture. Because he has to explain it and and he has to bring it in a way that we have to see it very clearly. Because he, here we have the ground, we have the seeds, and we have the sower. These are the three things that we have to look upon. Then we have to go to the, the four places where the seeds have to go to or fare on. Now, I want us to understand that when God created man, he, he created man with a gift that was so wonderful and so powerful. And the gift that he put in man from the day of creation is uh, what I call free will. Free will now has to do with the ability to choose the right or the wrong, the right or wrong. And with these, he had to do it so that we will have to choose him by ourselves, for ourselves. There's not going to be a kind of a force that will come. It is true that the Holy Spirit is there to, to lead and to direct us, but he cannot do it uh, above our will. We have to make a move for him to, to act with us. So now, if we understand the the, the the 
the place of free will in us, then we'll also want to understand this portion of the scripture because a lot of us will look at uh, the uh, the wayside Christian or the stony place Christian or the tons Christian like it wasn't their fault. We'll look at it like they were made that way. But when you understand free will, then you understand that there, to me, they had something that was, they were supposed to do, but they didn't do it. And another thing I want us to understand is that this portion of the scripture, it is not for the unbelievers, people who uh, are far away, but to me, I also look at it like it is for the people who have been having or who have the opportunity to listen to the word of God. I also see this portion like uh, it's, a, it's a kind of church setting with different kind of people who come and see it in the church. And my prayer for tonight is that we will be able to identify based on the, 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 the results of our lives as children of God and we'll be able to identify what kind of Christian we are being and what kind of fruits and to see if we are producing fruit or not. And scripture says that the first place that receive, according to uh, the, the, the verses, verse 19 says that the first person that receives is uh, from the wayside, the wayside. I want to call it the wayside kind of Christian. Scripture says that these are the kind of people who receive the word of God that they do not understand. They do not understand what it's all about. I want you not to forget the part of free will in it because if you don't understand, there is a way that you have to understand. If you have the will to understand, and we can overcome these uh, asking questions or going into research. But now we have people around us or people in the church that uh, want to say that they really don't want to understand because they do nothing about it. And they come to church because they just maybe have some free time on Sunday. They come to church because they want to catch up with friends. They come to church because uh, where we're coming from, we say they want to show their new dresses. They just come and they sit in church. And no matter what the pastor is saying over there or whatever, who is preaching, they don't care about it. They have a lot of things running up in their minds. And at times, they haven't received it, but they have no understanding. And what you don't understand, you can't keep. And the scripture says that when they receive it like a wayside, on the wayside, the enemy will come and pick it up. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you've been in the church, you were in the church, and the preacher preached so good. And before you get back to the house and you start thinking of the passage where the preacher preached from, you can't even, you can't even remember. You try to think of any statement that he made, you can't remember nothing. Your head just goes blank. Me, I want to think that, or I want to believe that it is as a result of you not understanding what it was preached. And something happened between the church and the house. The enemy has to pick it up. The enemy has to remove the word from it. But I pray that understanding now that the free will was supposed to be uh, part of you understanding it because you have to decide. I pray that after now we'll go better each time we see in the church and receiving the word of God. And number two, he says that uh, 
This is from verse 20. Verse 20 says that another place is uh, the one, the stony ground, the stony place. This one received the word of God, received it with joy, there with a lot of excitement. A lot of excitement. He was happy in church. He was shouting in church. He was jumping everywhere. He was so attentive, and he was just full of joy, but he never had enough roots. In another word, it means that the seed fell on this, this piece of, or the rock and stayed there for some time. The scripture says that the seed never had enough root to grow. The seed never had enough root to grow. It tried to grow and it couldn't grow. And and Bible says that this is the one who that when tribulations show up and persecution arises because of the word, and he got offended. Understand here because scripture says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And scripture says that the word of God is like a hammer. I think that the word of God has got the power to break stone. Like we preachers, when we preach at times, we, we make some declaration. No matter how hard that foundation will be, is the word of God can break through it. It will break through it. But what happened that this one, the word of God, cannot go through the stone? I don't think the problem is the word of God. I think the problem is the individual. That's the way you look at it. Because the word of God is not that weak or powerless. But it's so powerful to break it. And look at this. Scripture says that it tries to grow. But when tribulation comes in, a translation says that by and by he is offended. Christians who are not planted, we have them sitting in the church. They are in the church and they are like, they are not in the church. They come to church the way they want. They mind their business and no one else. They just want to be themselves. They are not planted in a church. Let me put it this way. So that they are in this church, tomorrow they move to another one, the other day they move to another one, and this Sunday they are in church, next Sunday they are not in church, and once in a while they show up in church. And, and when, when you are that kind of Christian that is not established, you are not planted in a place. The Word of God would have difficulties growing in you because you are not planted. You're nowhere to be found, yet you're present. I used to, I used to like the way, uh, 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 I don't know if I can use the word like the way some people talk about it and the boast about it. I'm just going to go to the church, then I'll sit there and mind my business. If not of God, I won't go to that place. I'm just going there because the pastor called me on, Sunday, on Saturday. I'm there because my parents. That kind of Christians, you'll never be able to grow. And when persecution comes, you'll discover that it's going to be the same Christian that will rise up against 
against the church or against you because hear this. Scripture says that for when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word that they had received. But one they see they're not planted, number two, persecution is coming against the word. The Bible says that the first thing here in my translation is that they got offended. We see this in the church in this dispensation, or more especially in this season. I remember like uh, my brother was introducing me. He spoke about me knowing ourselves back then in maybe 2004, something like that. When a preacher preached a sermon in the church, you see people crying in the church. And they will go back home and they will say that the pastor said everything about me. But nowadays, if a preacher stands on the pulpit and preach and mention the cases of some Christians, they go back home, they are offended. They are like, somebody has exposed my life to the pastor and the pastor heard me talking and the pastor must have eavesdropped and the pastor must have. You see, they are offended about the truth. But I told somebody that if it is the truth, then you have to work out for a change rather than being offended. It is a privilege for the pastor to talk about me. And I told somebody clearly that, well, I don't have the habit of visiting people. I don't have the habit of getting into my Christians or into the Christians, Christians affair. I don't like to get into it. But I told somebody that even Paul in his writing, he will write and say, I've heard. It means that there were information given to Paul for him to write. But why is it that people get offended when the pastor preach? I think to me it's because their seeds are not planted. Because if we still want to use uh, maybe trees in the field, and no tree will, will, will locate itself. I'm having some trees in front of my apartment right now. I don't think that any one of them will have to be uprooted one day. The tree will just decide, okay, let me move from this place to the other place because there is a lot of sunlight here. So when your feet are not planted, you see Christians moving from one place to the other. But I pray after now that God is going to help us to be established in the name of Jesus. And Scripture says in 22, Bible says that he also that receives seed among tongues is seed that heareth the word. I think I like this one because he's not the wayside. He's not the stony place kind of Christians or heart, but he's the one that receives. It means that he has passed the test of Tony and, and wayside, and now he's in a place where he has received the word of God. But then scripture says that when he received the word of God, something happened. Something happened. The deceitfulness of riches, the pleasures of life, and other issues, they took the world. And the world became or become unfruitful. It means that this one, the world grew, but did not bear any fruit. It's now unfruitful because. Because of the deceitfulness of riches and other worldly pleasure. And scripture says that there was no fruit. 
Each time we receive the word and we allow the pleasures of life to mingle itself with the word of God, we will have the word in us but the fruit will not be seen. And you will excuse me again to say that this is the church of today. Because we have a church that is so aware about the word of God. It's now difficult, kind of difficult to preach to some Christians, to talk among children of God, some of them. It's so difficult because they believe that they know everything. They have been hearing the word of God over and over and over. But the question I always ask myself is, if we have been receiving the word of God with understanding, then why would the world be what it is today? Especially in the Christian dawn. It means that we have received the word, but the fruits, because scripture now says that we shall know them by their fruits. And a tree is also known by its fruits. But why is it that we that have been receiving the word in the church, our life can show anything different from that of the world? And now we see people, you're in the church and you're in the club, you're in the church, you live in immorality, you're in the church. Some of these things, they, don't, they are not even preached again in the church. Holiness and righteousness is not seen among us. I'm sorry, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just preaching what's going on here because these are the full righteousness, peace, and justice. We don't see it in the church. We see strife. We see envy. We see jealousy. We see hatred. The fruit of the Spirit is moving away from the church. The fruit is not being seen because we, the children of God, we are, we are now uh, been moving towards attaching the worldly pleasure or we've been attaching ourselves with the worldly pleasure, the deceitfulness of riches. And it means nothing to us. But I pray that God is going to help us. So this tree now has to grow, and yet there was no fruit on it. I remember Jesus moving one day, and he saw a fig tree. It was so green. And he talked to himself, like, let me make a stop over there and see if I can have some fruit. And scripture says that he went there and there was no fruit. I think if Jesus has to move around and see us, children of God, we might discover that a lot of us might not be having this fruit that Jesus was expecting in the days of that victory. The problem is not the word here. The problem is we have decided 
to bring the pleasures of life, the deceitfulness of riches. I'm not preaching against riches, no. I hate poverty with passion. I don't like it when I pronounce it. I don't like it. God, it's not. I think, let me put it this way. Put it this way. It's not pleased when his children are living in poverty. I don't think so. But it so happened that the poor will always be among us. But what I'm saying is that when you put the riches of this world, your riches, above the word of God, the seed will not grow and you'll become unproductive. I'm talking about productivity. And the last portion of it, this is where I want to dwell. Scripture says, but he that received the seed into the good, a good ground, he is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit. The good ground, number one, is the ground that receives with understanding. With understanding. Scripture in us talk about the billion Christian. It says they receive the word with gladness and they search the scripture with understanding, with excitement. It did not just end by listening, but they try to understand. They search the scripture. They ask questions. These are the Christians. These are the ones that bear fruit. Without understanding of the scriptures, you won't bear fruit. Number two, without faith in receiving the word, you won't bear fruit. Because it is faith of the word of God that gets you into the place of putting the word of God into practice. Without understanding, you can't develop faith. So faith is very essential in your productivity as a child of God. Faith, which Hebrew says it is a substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is calling those things that are not as though they are. I always have the habit of saying that we have to leave the word of God. And we have to leave our prayers. In another word, when you Hear the word of righteousness. You have to live righteous. You have to make a decision to live righteous. That's no place where the Holy Spirit is just going to come hold your hands and say, please don't go there, but please come back this way. He's going to speak in a still small voice, but you still have the decision to make up your mind. 
If you don't do that, the word of God will have no effect. If you preach about prosperity, you have to, or you listen to the word of God about prosperity, you have to live prosperous. You have to go in for the principles that will make you prosperous and keep you in a place of prosperity. And only faith can bring you to that place. Number two, or number three, you have to keep your heart with all diligence. According to Proverbs chapter 4, you keep your heart, Proverbs chapter 4, text 3, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it proceeds issues of life. You have to keep your heart because that's where the enemy would want to attack the world. So now that you're receiving it with understanding and faith is there, you have to stand guard. You have to watch it. And still in the same verse, the same chapter, Jesus put another parable and said that somebody went out to sow seed. He would seed in a farm. And he plants seed. And scripture says that the next morning when they wake up, they went to the fireman. They, they discovered something. They saw something strange. And, and, and they discovered that there was another thing growing in the farm that they did not plant. It wasn't planted by them. And now they went back to the master and they asked him and they said, Master, what happened? Didn't you sow good seed? And the master looked at it and said, yeah, we did. But an enemy had planted bad seed. While we were sleeping, at night the enemy came and planted bad seed. Then it's like there was supposed to be somebody that has to watch over that seed and watch that the devil, the enemy will not sow bad seed. Remember when, when Abraham put the sacrifice on the altar, he has to stay there the whole night. And when he stayed the whole night, he discovered something very interesting, that some ravens were coming to eat from it. And he spent the whole night chasing them away in a vision. This called for us watching the Word of God, watching what gets into our heart, watching what gets into our ears, Believe me, if faith comes by hearing, other things can also come by hearing. But you, you don't want to be that kind of Christian's word. You get into the world, you move outside, you get into an argument. I always tell people that I don't have no time debating on the word of God. The word of God was written for us Christians to believe and not to debate on it. I know we are too intelligent now to, to get into some research and try to prove things out. But when I see that you want to prove something out, I give the word and I'm, I'm done. Because I don't want no place for argument. And we have Christians that will, will spend our time arguing topics and bringing up things. It's good, but I don't think it's the best. In one platform that we're talking about, tight, uh, tight, tight, tight. I said, oh, they said, okay, Christopher has said we should not pay tight. And it's a whole debate. 
and I said something, I said, this, this is us Christians. The Muslims, they are gaining ground. They are buying temples, buying churches. And we are here arguing, arguing, just debating, throwing points here and there. The Muslim is taking away, taking, spreading everywhere. We are there every day on a debate table, bringing topics that were written. The fathers, they follow it, and they see, they saw results. They were fruitful. And we now, we spend time debating on them. You have to watch your heart. You have to watch it. You have to keep God diligently keeping the word of God. Number four, we have to be in a place of praise. In a place of praise. A prayerless Christian is a Christian that will fall in for anything. It's a defeated Christian. We have to be in a place of praise. We have to pray. You ask me, when can I pray? And my answer will be, pray without saving. I know that we, we have the habit of telling people that, oh, I pray for two hours and I pray for three hours. I pray every day one hour. That is good. And what do you do with the rest of the hours? Pray without ceasing. It means that wherever you are, whatever you are doing, you're conscious, you're communicating with God. Because prayer is communication with God. Communicating with God. Wherever you are, whatever you do, at your job site, wherever you find yourself, you pray without ceasing. In another word, you have to stay connected to God. Number five, you share the word of God with others. What you heard on Sunday, what you hear on Sunday, you have to be able to bring it down to somebody and tell the person, a brother, a sister, a friend, a colleague, whoever. That's where the fruit is. That's where productivity is. When you give the word of God, what you've received, freely we have received, and freely we have to give out. But if I want to ask how many of us can give out or give out the gospel, even throughout the week, to anybody. I'm doing some studies, and, and one of the, the lecturers, he said that the quickest way for you to understand is for you to, to teach it to somebody. And he said you can teach it to your spouse, you teach it to a colleague, you teach it to your children. Just give it out. Don't keep it with it. When you give out the word of God, it grows in you. The word grows in you. The scripture says they receive it with understanding and they bear fruit. Look at it. It says they bring forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, 
and some person. Understand this, that God created us for productivity. Barrenness is not permitted in any dimension. No. When we look at man from the beginning, Adam, which is which means ground or earth. Man was formed from earth. And look at this. I want you to understand what I'm saying here. Before God used the earth to create man, the material called earth to create man, it was a material that was tested and proven productivity the same earth that God had commanded to bring forth the trees the minerals the gold the diamond the silver was the same earth that God had used to produce man with it means that whatever thing that is present on this earth is present in us. So God had never used a tree to create us. He did not use silver to create us with. He didn't use diamond. No. But he used the source of all of this mineral to create us. That is a sign that you and I have to be productive. I don't want to get into that one. But I know down deep within me that when he had used this material to create us, the surplus of it, he released in the nostrils of man the bread of life, which is what I know that it is part of God in us. So the God in a productive earth, we have to be productive. And that is not all. He said, he gave his word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. He said that man should have dominion, and men should be productive. So now we have, we have the earth tasted and proven. We have the Spirit of God with us. Then we have the Word of God in us. We have to be productive. In every aspect of life, I don't know where you find yourself in right now. Your marital home has to be productive. Your financial life has to be productive. Your spiritual life has to be productive. Your social life has to be productive. Wherever you find yourself, Whatever you find yourself doing, we have to be productive. 
But now, what's the problem here? The first wayside Christian, he decided not to understand. The stony Christian part have decided not to be planted. Enough root has made the heart to be strong. Do you understand scripture that says that there are some hearts that have been sealed? When the Spirit of God keeps speaking and you don't listen, scripture says that they have been given perverseness. The will is not ruled in place. They have not yet decided. The stony Christian is the person who has deliberate, or sorry, the, the, the Christian with the tongue tony kind of heart is the Christian that has decided that, okay, I'll be in the church, I'll listen to the word, and I'll have, I'll have to get out of the windows at times. And we say we catch fun. And all that. I pray that God is going to help us. Scripture says that it brings forth food. 100, 60, and 30. I don't know what you are today, what you think you're thinking. I don't know where you find yourself. I don't know your decision from this. But as for me, I have decided, I know. We can all make this decision that we will not fall on the wayside kind of hard. We won't be a stony place. We refuse to be the tongues or to have the heart full of tongues. But we are making up our minds that from today we will be productive. And I pray that after now, we will show up 104, 64, and 34. Whatever fall you can, whatever you can come with, productivity. In another word, no matter what you do, you measure, you have to be a surplus. In every thing you do, make sure. Let the fruit of the Spirit be seen. Let it grow. Amen. Hallelujah.